0: Welcome to the show, everybody. Pete 4c the podcast, coming at you here on Tuesday, December the 6th. And we got a lot that's been going on really since last time we connected. That was before Thanksgiving. Had some good Thanksgiving games with the Pats and the Cowboys and the Bills. We're not going to touch on that as long ago. Really, we, we've changed so many different seats as far as quarterback play Jimmy Garoppolo's out since then. Lamar Jackson got hurt. Baker Mayfield's a ram now. Jimmy Garoppolo might be now coming back in the playoffs. I know Schefter said eight weeks, which by my timeline, that would be February 6th. Like, are the Niners, if they make it to a Super Bowl, gonna switch back? If Brock Purdy takes him to the Super Bowl? Like, we we got all sorts of things to talk about. I cannot backtrack and backpedal to the Thanksgiving games. And of course. What's going on right now, MLB free agency. DeGrom is a Ranger. Verlander is a Met. Hard not to say DeGrom in the Mets. And then Trey Turner goes 11 years to Philly, and then John Heyman has to walk back his Aaron Judge to San Fran tweet. I got that in the middle of the workday, and I said, holy smokes. And then within minutes, he had to uh, walk back that report. So we're talking MLB winter meetings. That's going to wrap up here tomorrow on Wednesday. Wednesday. We got NFL quarterback musical chairs, Lamar, his future, what that looks like with the injury, Jimmy G, and his future. So, NFL quarterbacks, MLB free agency, let's get to it. It's the podcast, episode 103. My first reaction to the Baker Mayfield uh, waiver claim by the Rams was who cares? This guy turned out to be the biggest fraud in quarterback draft history of recent memory. Now, there there have been some bad ones. In his draft class alone, you already have Josh Rosen as well. And then Kyler Murray, the guy that was replace replacing Josh Rosen, that guy's turned into a bust too. Now, he got the contract. He's got extended, but Murray stinks. Every week that goes by, you realize the shots that these general managers take it's it's obscene you know for every Justin Herbert for every Joe Burrow there's a Baker there's a Rosen Mac Jones hasn't been sold Justin Fields love him but he not sold yet either so again taking shots just not the move and you know Baker he's going to go to LA this is a good move for him to try and win a backup job particularly maybe it'll be in LA when Stafford's healthy in 2023 the receivers that are young on the Rams, this will be a great opportunity for them to get competent passes from an NFL QB. You can knock on Baker all you want, but the guys, you know, an NFL player, he he deserves to be on a roster whether it's a backup or third string. But if you're a Rams wide receiver, you know, you, you can't really feel like you're getting a fair shake if Wolford or if Bryce Perkins is throwing you passes here in the back half of 2022 so this is good for the Rams in trying to win some games see what they have in the rest of their roster and you go from there and maybe he sticks along as a backup but it's just so funny when you look at quarterbacks in the NFL it's so fleeting it's so incredibly fleeting Jimmy Garoppolo 2019 Super Bowl a couple years before that he was traded from the Pats second round pick he was seen as the marquee free agent marquee available player at playing the quarterback position at the time in 2017 his contract was expiring and he goes to San Fran 2019 he wins the Super Bowl and then he's going to be replaced from Trey Lance and He's never been at a more lower point. And then he resigns with San Fran as the backup. And then he's back in the starting role. And now he's hurt again. Lamar Jackson, RG3 saying $300 million guaranteed before the year. And now his knee is hurt because he's taken a pounding as he goes through this 2022 season. Things change so quickly all the time. And... It's a reminder that when you sign up for these mega deals, a lot of it is just availability. Like Eli Manning made a career being an inconsistent quarterback because he was available. The Giants knew number 10 was going to be there under center, ready to rock and roll every week. So that's a big part in this. And when you look at the Murrays, Lamars, it, it think about how quickly things have changed in just six months. Even Garoppolo, too. Zach Wilson. You invest a lot, you better know what you're getting. And, you know, when I look at Baker Mayfield, it's a good opportunity for the Rams, but it's just a reminder of just how fleeting the quarterback position is for the player and, of course, for the franchise, too. Okay, the other thing is the winter medians, the... Uh, San Diego winter meetings first time since 2019 when all those mega deals were handed out by Boris clients, Anthony Rendon, Strasburg, Garrett Cole. Well, Jacob deGrom, Rangers, 185 million five years. I thought this was a little steep for a guy with his injury history. And the one thing that's kind of getting brought to light, at least from the New York guys, is that... The Jill Shermans of the world, the John Haymans, the guys that write for the New York Post and they go on an MLB network all the time and they got close ties to the New York teams, the Mets obviously being one of them, they're saying that Jacob deGrom really doesn't love baseball all that much. So it was kind of interesting that the Mets just kind of let him walk and said, we'll take Justin Verlander, who's older. He did win the Cy Young, so you know he has that, but you would say that deGrom is pretty much his equal as far as talent and production. They took him over DeGrom, even though DeGrom is homegrown and has done wonderful things for the Mets. So kind of says a little bit of something about Jake DeGrom, but the Rangers, obviously they need starting pitching. Chris Young, he said from the beginning, they will be adding. So they've done that. They have since added Andrew Heaney to a two-year deal. And of course, got Jake Odorizzi, who's from the St. Louis area earlier in the off season. So um, Rangers taking shape, adding to their Simeon and Corey Seager deals. Their payroll is going up. They want to compete with the Astros in the West. And then Trey Turner, Dave Dombrowski, baby. This guy just says, "I want this. I'm going to get this, and I'm going to strike a deal." I mean, he he he's not denied. He doesn't pivot when he doesn't see value. When they need a shortstop, he goes and gets a shortstop. And oftentimes, he says. I'm going to get the best shortstop. If we have a need, if we have a weakness in which we just came off of a season, whether it be a World Series like he did with the Phillies, when there's a weakness, he says, I'm going to go fix it. I'm going to make sure that it's not a problem. And he opens up the wallet and does it. Look at all his teams. It's all paid off. The Detroit Tigers, whether it was getting David Price, whether it was getting Max Scherzer from the Diamondbacks, whether it was signing Miguel Cabrera, whether it was signing David Price, whether it was Florida Marlins, Edgar Renneria, and uh, Levon Hernandez, all those guys, it's all paid off in World Series trips and just consistent winning. The guy is a winner. It, it, it's, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He might be when you just factor in the sheer volume of franchises. Best baseball executive ever. I, I know Theo Epstein's a Hall of Famer and he has the curses. Like that, that's really just, that goes far with common man recognition. Hey, the Cubs suck. The Red Sox suck. Curse. Yeah. And, and he is a Hall of Famer. Don't get me wrong. But Dave Dombrowski, Marlins, Tigers, Red Sox, Phillies, all of them went to the World Series. He turned around every single one. The, the guy's batting a thousand. He's a baseball guy, and he's also a business guy. He gets the deal done. He pushes it across the finish line. they guy the guy's magnificent and, and and here he is getting Turner. He went that eleventh year. Is that eleventh year gonna look good? Probably not. but then again, in eleven years, what is twenty seven million gonna be? Maybe it's peanuts. Maybe the best player on the planet's making eighty million a year. So you know it, it's one of those things. It's good for now, and it's good for really the next probably four or five, perhaps six years because Trey Turner's a heck of a ball player. He's got speed in his game. He's got defense in his game, and he's an all-around bat. So great get for the Phillies. And then I see here that the Cubs have agreed to a one-year 17.5 mil contract for Cody Bellinger. Yeah, I don't know what to make of Cody. I think he can be a bounce-back candidate, but... Really, it's just going to take a good hitting coach, because the guy has to reform his swing now that he has a new shoulder. I mean, his shoulder is different. He he's just not the same guy since he hurt it when he was like fist bumping in the twenty twenty shortened World Series. I mean, he he is he that hurt him. The celebration has changed his career, and you know, seventeen and a half mil. I would have thought even though that's what he was searching for and he got it, you, you would think a player like that, you, you would almost have to take like 8 million bucks, you know, 9 million, not not even reach 10 when you had that poor of a season. But, I mean, it's a good bet for the Cubs. They got the money to spend. I think that money would have been better off spent on a shortstop like Swanson or Alexander Bogarts. I know Sand of MLB.com said that they're looking at both of them potentially. I think that money would have been better off going with a a more marquee bat and someone that is proven rather than taking a uh, a flyer on someone like Bellinger. I would have liked this player at about half the money. I I just don't think it makes sense for how much that he struggles. He's got to take a cut to really reprove himself, and he just hasn't done that. So uh, we got a lot of trades in free agency, and we got – Probably a lot more to be done. Judge has not been signed. I know Heyman had to walk back that comment. That was funny. Um, and the Cardinals still don't have a catcher, which that's what we're going to touch on right now is the Cardinals and their lack of moves. If I'm reading the tea leaves correctly here with the Cardinals, if they sign Dansby Swanson, they'll be getting a pretty great player. And the fan base will be irate. Yeah, that, that that's right. Dansby Swanson could very well sign a six-year deal, given his age, his defense, the year he's coming off of. And the Cardinals could be getting a, a very big plus to their lineup, everyday lineup, but it'll be a massive disappointment because of the options that are still out there and were out there in Trey Turner. Alexander Bogarts, you got Carlos Correa, and you come away with the worst of the bunch and a guy that, frankly... It is overrated when we're talking about the contract uh, proposals that are being thrown out there from the media. The guy really deserves probably like a four-year deal. He's a dead red hitter. He crushes fastballs. He did it this year. It took him years to get there. He's got pretty good defense. Really, he he's a three-tool player, not a five-tool like his contract seems to uh, reflect. So, I think he would be a great addition to the team. It's just not the type of swing that you want to see the Cardinals take in free agency, but they're not comfortable going to free agency. They're just not. You look at the leaks, you look at the Fowlers, they don't strike good deals, but it's also because they don't go out in the deep end. Carlos Correa, Well, I don't even think he would have interest in coming to St. Louis, Well, they don't even entertain it. Now, I know that on the catching side of things, they have entertained Wilson Contreras, which they 100% should. That is a guy that you should open up the wallet to. And he is the exact answer that you need that a shortstop would also give you. You need a bat. Albert Poulos, 42-year-old, had to carry your offense in the middle of the dog days of summer last year. That that That's not good when you have also the MVP and the MVP runner-up. I think Arenado got second. Maybe he got third. You got the MVP, and then you had the guy that took third place, and it was up to the 42-year-old to carry your offense. So you need an impact bat. That could come from the catching position, and he could provide you average defense. And newsflash, in today's game, there's not many good catchers out there. There just are not. So if you can get average defense and get the best hitting catcher in baseball, and he has the ability to play left field and obviously DH, that's a pretty good deal. Sign him up for four years. Don't be afraid to overpay. That's a situation where you're checking off multiple boxes. Catcher, impact bat. Go ahead and do it. But for whatever reason, despite the Astros really only being the other serious, aggressive pursuer, I know that the the Mets may have interest. I know that the Rays have sniffed around. But really, it's a two-horse race. And the Astros are just going to slip right in there. World champions are going to get him and he's going to have an everyday role when really the guy is wanting to follow in the footsteps of Yadier Molina. I know that's not really that important, but the guy is posting on social media that he would love to play there and he's a former Chicago Cub. So I don't understand why they have not been ultra aggressive. Ultra. I see all the things about Sean Murphy, all the Toronto catchers. That's great. A lot of those Toronto catchers, one of them has 91 plate appearances. The other is a prospect. Sean Murphy's had one good year. Okay, I, I, I think some of those options are great. But why would you give up the currency of the, your great prospects? All you all you have to do with Contreras is give money. That's it. Give it up. It's there. Use it. Keep the prospects. Because guess what? If Contreras sucks at catcher, you can bring in Yvonne Herrera a few years down the road. It's something that is really mind boggling. And the starting pitcher market, Jose Quintana, what what's the hold up here as well? I don't hear of any other teams that have been even interviewing him. You would think he would maybe wanna pitch where he uh where he had some success. Maybe he won a multi-year deal. He was excellent for you. Why not throw two years and uh and, and forty million at him or even fifty six million? Go up there for a short term two year pact. The Cardinals need to be more aggressive than they are right now because their best options are really only the best options for a few other clubs when you're talking about Contreras and Quintana. So I wish they would be more aggressive and we'll see where they are come the end of Wednesday after the winter meetings. It's so fleeting, like I mentioned earlier, and you know Lamar ultimately i think the ravens do find a deal to to get that done with him i think they both want to be there but it, it is interesting to see just the up and downs of, of a career of a of a quarterback like that you know the more the season goes on the more those hits pile up that you start to wear down and then you got a pcl sprain and you're out for 3 games so we'll see where the ravens go the 49ers with the way jimmy has gotten hurt you know, I think he would want some assurances because he has stepped in and played well and the Niners have tried to move off of him and they threw all their chips in the middle. Uh, well, maybe not all their chips because they did have them on the roster, but they said that they're turning a tray, looked bad against Chicago, and they got hurt. You would think, hey, if I'm going to return here, yes, I know I need to stay healthy, but I also need to know that I'm the guy. And that this Trey Lance thing, he's the backup. I know you put that first-round pick into him, but he is the backup. I've played well. I'm the one that gives this chance, or gives this team a chance to win. So, that's where I think Jimmy G's likely not going to be on the Niners. I think the Jets make a lot of sense with Zach Wilson, and then obviously being familiar with Mike LaFleur and Robert Salah, maybe the Patriots, if... Mac Jones is not someone that they want to go to for a third year. He turns the ball over quite a bit, but it does seem that Belichick likes Mac Jones. The one interesting thing, worldwide leader of all places, Mike Tannebaum threw it out there. Is it crazy to think Tom Brady, the way he's screaming on the sideline, throwing the tablet, getting upset with the way things are not coordinated properly with the receivers and just as the offense and the way the Patriots are struggling, is it really that inconceivable of a reunion? I don't think it's going to happen. I'm not ready to go that far. But, you know, I'm surprised it kind of took this long, December 2022, for anyone to throw that idea out there, really. Between his unhappiness that was reported back in March, the way Mac Jones has struggled really all season long, you would think that would be something that was brought up late September, early October. It it took all the way to December. I'm actually pretty pretty surprised. Not ready to say it's going to happen, but Mike Tanabon finally threw it out there and I was thinking about it. I was like, you know, he got his ring, he got a taste of what it's like without Belichick. He sees the benefits of being with Bill Belichick and obviously the the reverse has happened with Bill. Would they go back to each other and just team up and continue to win, win, win? Because they probably would, you know, hit the ground running. I, I I'm not ruling it out. I, I really am not, especially after what Brady pulled with the retiring, unretiring and and all that jazz back in the spring. With Jimmy G, I definitely think that there's a lot of suitors out there for this guy. I really do. You know, th- There are limitations. He throws some inexplicable INTs, but he also commands the offense. You feel comfortable with him running, and it's just something that the Jets do not have. I think it would be a great fit, and you pivot off that number two overall pick in Wilson because the-, the guy is just not far along at all when you're talking about an NFL starter. Last thing I want to touch on is OBJ. The guy obviously had a great playoff run with the Rams toward the ACL, unfortunately, in the Super Bowl, his second of his career, and that's what's being lost in all this. The guy has his second ACL tear, and I think finally, because Edwarder's reporting it, another guy with the Dallas Morning News, that he may not be available till mid-January. This has been an all-time marketing masterpiece of manipulation from obj and his camp they have just drummed up interest from the giants from the bills rams at one point before they fell out of contention the cowboys the chiefs of a player who has been injured for the better part or for the most part of the past what three years had a couple of good games he was slow out of the gate with the rams understandably so, maybe with the playbook, but also with his physical limitations. And now it's coming out that the guy's not going to be available till maybe playoff time? Pass. No thanks, whether I'm the Cowboys, the Bills, whomever. I don't need to sign up for you for 2022 if you're not going to be able to play in these meaningful games in December. Like, it was a little suspicious when he was cleared and then OBJ said, yeah, I'm going to take until after Thanksgiving to find a team and to visit with squads. That was a little suspicious, whether he was just being lazy and not wanting to play, or if he wasn't healthy. It looks to be that it was the latter, because now we're seeing that he's not going to be available until January. So I think we might be just buying a little too much stock in the catch from Sunday Night Football back when he was a rookie and the Odell that we saw get the record-setting contract before he was shipped off to Cleveland. Because this guy... Look, he, he probably still has a little something, can still be a productive player, but he's not going to be impactful in the finale as far as the regular season games here in December. And you're not really going to feel comfortable with a wide receiver who hasn't had any live snaps playing a playoff game when you need to have catches. It's win or go home. Whether you're the Cowboys, whether you're the Chiefs or the Bills, I think I, I'm out. Unless you're willing to play at, Basically a no-risk contract going forward. No guaranteed dollars outside of the veteran minimum. I'm not signing up with you. And Dallas seems to be leading the race here. The Giants might be the only team that might be willing to do this to see if maybe he can see the field in December, just you know that outside chance because they're not going to make the playoffs. So no risk on their part. But if I'm Dallas, if I'm Buffalo, think I'm out. Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in. Hopefully, Aaron Judge has made a decision. It's really a 50-50 toss-up. Giants, Yanks, who does he want to be with? I think he chooses New York. I think he was a little hurt about the contract. He admitted it in an article with the New York Times, a little uh, player profile piece. I think cooler heads prevail. He chooses New York. New York does not get outbid. And you're know, you talking about two franchises here who have been been, uh, very financially conscious with uh who they hand out mega deals to and i think new york will not let their own get away so i think he's a yankee this time next week and if you guys have any questions please email the podcast at gmail.com or hit up the text or call line 816-226-7483 again 816-226-7483 if you have any questions comments at pete4c on all social media Tell your friends and family about it. Subscribe, review, let us know what you like, don't like. Thanks so much for choosing the podcast.